Welcome to At the Crossroads Church weekly podcast. Our hope is that you will grow in your walk with God and be blessed and encouraged in your daily lives as you listen. You can visit us at our website at atthecrossroads.ca. Say, Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. Thank you that it changes my life. I ask that you would open my ears to hear. Speak to my life and help that preacher. In Jesus' name, amen. Awesome. Well, you know, this week, uh, kind of title this message, I guess, Connection Sunday. I want to talk about the importance of connection. Uh, how many know that God is into relationships? God is into community. And uh, we're going to look at that a little bit today. And then we're going to have a panel. We're going to have some of our Connect Group leaders uh, come up and some of our attendees come up and just have some question and answer time uh, as we move forward. But uh, we believe that uh, growth happens... Uh, when we connect together. There's a growth that can happen in your life as a believer that can only happen in a group, right? It, it, you know, there's this, this idea that you can just kind of get alone by yourself and, and watch Christian TV and grow. And, and, you know, you can grow a bit, of course, but I mean, there's something about being together with one another, right? And that's what I want to talk about this morning. One of our core values as a church is relational discipleship. I believe it's so important to do life, do discipleship the way Jesus did it, right? To be a disciple is to be a student, to be a student of a teacher, to be a follower of a teacher, and to emulate their life, to follow after them. And we want to be students of Jesus. How many know Jesus had 12 disciples, and he did life with the 12 disciples, right? They came with him, and he said, hey, this is my life, and he, was, he, he showed them by example how they should live. And that's what connection group is about when we go to connect group is we're meeting with one another to share life together right and we build each other up okay Uh, we understand that the most important thing to God is relationship but it's important to note this that relationship is always two ways there's the horizontal relationships that's the relationships we have with one another and then there's the vertical relationship that we have with God correct and the two of them go together okay Um, if we neglect our relationships on a horizontal level, we affect our vertical relationship with God. Like, you know, if if we just like, I'm just going to pray and I'm just going to fast, I'm just going to spend time in the scripture, but I'm not going to deal with these issues I have with people. Guess what? You can only go so far in God. And that's why we believe it's so important that we learn to, to fix this horizontal level so that we can have a tighter relationship vertically. Does that make sense? So in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 7, we see this. It says here, In the same way you husbands must give honor to your wives. Treat your wife with understanding as you live together. She may be weaker than you, but she is your equal partner in God's gift of this new life. Treat her as you should so your prayers will not be hindered. Okay? And so... We see here that God is, is saying that um, uh, we have to focus on our relationships. Treat her as you should so your prayers will not be hindered. So important. Our prayers can be hindered if we're not treating people right. That's what the scripture is telling us. If our closest relationships are, are we're just letting them fall to the wayside and we're not dealing with issues and we're not treating each other with equality, if we're not, that it actually hinders our ability to connect with God. That's how important it is, okay? In Mark chapter 11, verse 25, we see Jesus say this. 
Whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, say anything against anyone. That's like all inclusive, okay? Forgive him that your Father in heaven may also forgive your trespasses. And I don't believe this is like God saying, well, if you don't forgive them, I'm not going to forgive you. I actually believe you lock out the grace of God in your life and you reap what you sow. So if you choose not to forgive someone, God says, I can't, I can't, I can't forgive you unless you forgive. How many see what I'm saying? It's not that God doesn't want to forgive, but he can't forgive those who will not take the grace of God and release it to others, okay? Verse, um, and look what God says about bringing him his gifts. Let's look what he says here. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 23 and 24, He says, therefore, if you bring your gift to the altar, and there you remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift before the altar and go your way first. First be reconciled with your brother, and then come and offer your gift. This is, it's, it's like God is saying it's so important. God cares so much about our horizontal relationships that he's saying, listen, I, I want to receive your gift. I want to receive your offering, but I'm more concerned that you go and make things right with your brother. I'm more concerned that you go deal with these issues horizontally, then come and bring your gift. It's so important to God, all right? You might ask the question, well, how will I know if someone's upset with me? And I don't, I don't think it's that hard to figure out because <laughs> you'll know when someone's upset because in the context of the scripture, he's talking about, you know, you've just snapped at somebody. You've just lost your temper with somebody and now you're coming to the altar. Let's go back and look at the context. Let's go back here. Verse, we're going to go back a few verses, Matthew 5, 22 to 23. But I say, if you're even angry with someone, you are subject to judgment. If you call someone an idiot, You are in danger of being brought before the court. And if you curse somebody, you are in danger of the fires of hell. So how many know it's telling, you know, you've got anger issues, right? And then it says, so if you're presenting a sacrifice on the altar in the temple, you should suddenly remember that someone has something against you. Go and make it right. How many have ever been angry with somebody? You say, well, I don't know. Who's my brother? Who's my sister? Well, your sister might be. Uh, someone you put a ring on 10 years ago at an altar. Your brother might be the guy sitting on the couch reading the paper every night, right? It might be your husband. It might be a brother, a sister. It's usually someone closest. And, and if we don't work on the relationships here, if we don't deal with the issues on the horizontal level, it's going to affect our relationship with the Almighty. Amen? There's an end-time revival coming. And we see in Scripture in Malachi chapter 4, the prophet is talking about what it's going to look like. Look what he says in, in verse 1 here. The Lord of heaven's army says, The day of judgment is coming, burning like a furnace. On that day, the arrogant, the wicked, will be burnt up like straw. They will be consumed, root, branches, and all. How many want to be wicked? Anybody? I don't want to. Uh, but, you, but you who fear my name, the son of righteousness, will rise with healing in his wings. You'll be free, leaping with joy like calves that out to pasture. On the day when I act, you will tread upon the wicked as if they're dust under your feet, says the Lord Almighty. Let's go down to verse 5. 
Look, I'm sending you the prophet Elijah before the great and dreadful day of the Lord arrives. Look what he says. His preaching will turn the hearts of the fathers to their children and the hearts of the children to their fathers. Lest I come and strike the earth with a curse. See, God's ultimate goal is he wants to turn the hearts of one another towards one another. Amen? See, Adam and Eve were separated from God in the garden. So the whole plan of salvation is to restore that relationship with God. It's to restore that relationship with the Trinity. But it's also so that we can live in community and have healthy relationships. It's all about relationships. Say it's all about relationships. All right? And so God wants us to reconnect with people and have them connect with one another. That's his goal. First, first John chapter 2, verse 9 and 11, it says this. If anyone claims I'm living in the light but hates his fellow believer, that person is still living in darkness. If you say, I hate that person, I hate that believer, you haven't experienced the love of God. Because when you become born again, the Bible says that the love of God is shed abroad in your heart by the Holy Spirit. It's something that comes from heaven. Now, that doesn't mean you won't have issues with one another, but there's something that transcends. It's the love of God. I don't know about you, but it doesn't matter which church I go to visit. It doesn't matter which mission trip I'm on. I can go to Cuba. I can go to Europe. And when I sit down with fellow believers and we talk, start talking about the things of God, I feel connected. How many hear what I'm saying? I feel like you're my brother. You're my sister. Not physically, but spiritually, we're connected. And if, if, if Christians are bashing other Christians or saying, I don't believe in that denomination, I don't believe in this teaching, and I don't believe in that, and they're not of God, and they're fallen, and you start talking like that, the love of God isn't even in you. So turn to God. Repent. Wow. If anyone hates his fellow believer, he's still living in darkness. Such a person does not know the way to go, having been blinded by the darkness. This is what John is telling us. Say, God wants me to walk in love. When we, when we love other Christians, it's a sign that we're saved. Did you know that? When the love of God begins to flow, it's a sign that the Spirit of God is with us. 1 John 3.14 says, if we love our brothers and sisters who are believers, it proves. Say, it proves. That we pass from death to life, but a person who has no love is still dead. Wow. And so many times we measure our Christianity and where we are in God by how much we know or if we've been to Bible school or, you know, uh, if we got our theology just figured out, right? But it's more than that. It's about loving. It's about letting the the life of Jesus flow through us to love and care for those who are broken, for those who are hurting. Amen? And this morning, I want to look at the purpose of our gathering together on a Sunday morning. Why do we gather together on a Sunday morning? Well, the Bible tells us here, uh, well, the Bible doesn't tell you, but I break it down and show you the picture here, is that when we meet, meet together on Sunday morning, it's a time of celebration. It's a time of, of, um, of corporate worship. It's a time of getting together, and there's something about a corporate anointing where people come together to worship God. There's a, there's a safety there. 
And then there's training and equipping for the work of the ministry. This also happens when we get together corporately on Sunday morning. So there's, there's a celebration of worship. There's also training and equipping. And we read that in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11 to 16. It says, Now these are the gifts God gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers. Okay? Five-fold ministry. Their responsibility, the Scripture says, is to equip God's people to do His work and build up the church, the body of Christ. All right? This will continue until we come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will mature in the Lord, measuring up the full and complete standard of Christ. Then we will no longer be immature children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced by when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. And here's the second thing. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow. And so... If Sunday morning is about, you know, training and equipping about corporate worship, when we meet together in small groups during the week, that's a time for the body to grow. It's a time for each person in the body to use their gifts to build up and edify the next person, right? And so Sunday establishes the training and the equipping, which brings nourishment, and midweek establishes growth in the body. Sunday, Sunday is for information and impartation, and hopefully you leave and you feel that you've, you were fed, okay? So there's impartation, there is, uh, there's, uh, there's information, impartation of the Word of God coming forward, but midweek when you get together, it's for manifestation and demonstration. So how can I manifest God's Word in my life? How can I demonstrate these principles of God's Word? How can I... How can I implement this into my family. So you take the word and you discuss it together and say, this is what I've done. This is how I've done it. This is my testimony. And you begin to build one another, edify one another, process together the word of God. Amen? And implement it into your life. Because if we don't do that, we become hearers of the word and not doers. Amen? And that's why it's important to meet in smaller groups and to discuss there's more growth that happens over a coffee table sitting at someone's house or at Tim Hortons sharing your story and talking about God than could happen sitting in church. Amen? And the body of Christ, in order to activate, we need one another. I want you to look at the person beside you and say, I need you. We need one another, right? I just, I'm just going to read this version here, Ephesians 4.16, out of the King James. It says here, From whom the whole body joined and knit together by every joint supplies, according to the effective working by which every part does its share, causing growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. When we get together in small groups and we build relationships and we talk about life, we edify one another, we build one another up. 
You might have a psalm. You might have a hymn. You might have a prophetic word. You might be able to just encourage. How many have been going through a real hard time and someone comes alongside and they just begin to encourage you? And it's all you needed to get back up and go again. And that's what God wants us to do. He wants the body of Christ activated, connecting with one another, building one another up, applying the word of God. These things are important. And we need each other to feel complete, don't we? We need each other to feel complete. Romans 12, 4 and 5 says, For as, uh, for as we have many members in the body, but all the members do not have the same function, so we being many are one body in Christ and individual members of one another. When we come together, we have something to bring to the table that will cause growth in the body of Christ. All right? 1 Corinthians 12, 22 says, In fact, some body parts that seem weakest and least important are actually the most necessary. And I don't know, you might feel like a baby toe. And you might say, how is a baby toe significant? Well, let me tell you a story. Some of you heard this story. When I was a baby, my mother and dad put me in a car seat, and they were driving somewhere. They're sitting back there. And I was screaming at the top of my lungs. My mom's like, what's wrong with the baby? He's, uh, we fed him. You know, he's, there's something wrong with me. He won't stop crying. And what had happened was when my mom put on my baby shoe, my baby toe bent back, and she tied, tied the shoe, and I was going for a ride. I don't know how long I was in the car with my baby toe snapped and back. Okay? And so I thank God I was young enough I don't remember it. But apparently I was screaming and crying, screaming and crying. So anyway, she gets home, takes the shoe off. I've got a blue toe that's all broken, okay? So I guess she had an opportunity. The doctor would, uh, would as I got older, said, we can break that thing and, you know, pin it to the other toe and uh, you'll be okay. It won't be, because right now my toe sits up across the other toes on this foot. Quite ugly foot. So I'm not proud of it. But anyway. So I had, I had, so we had this opportunity to fix it. I said, no, I don't want to break my, the thought of breaking a bone to fix it. Just, no, I'll just, I'll, I'll be fine with it. The problem was that um, when I tried to play basketball, I, you, I can't tell you how many times I twisted my ankle. Like, have, have you ever rolled your foot playing ball? That baby toe, you have no idea how important that baby toe is because when it's not in the right position, you roll your feet every time you try to shoot a hoop. And, and I was in skateboarding, so I was constantly rolling my ankle, hurting my ankle because of this baby toe. I'm actually seriously considering now going and get it broken because just a few weeks ago I went water skiing and my baby toe didn't fit properly in the shoe and it was hurting my feet. I couldn't water ski and I was like, I'm going to break that thing. Um, <laughs> but the reality is we have no idea how, how valuable uh, a baby toe can be. And you might not feel valuable. You say, I just feel like a baby tone. But you're there to bring stability in somebody's life. You're there to be encouragement to somebody. And God has a plan and a purpose. It doesn't matter how you feel. You might feel I'm insignificant, but God says you're significant. And you have a purpose. And somebody has to hear your story. Amen? And getting together in smaller groups allows us to do that. Um, And so... I think it's important. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25 says this. Let us not neglect our meeting together as some people have done or some people do, but encourage one another. See, the purpose of getting together is to encourage one another, to build one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. 
So God is the God of community. God is the God that pours out his spirit on community. When we come together, there's something God loves about that because that's his purpose. And I want to just read two more verses, and then we're going to have a little bit of a panel here this morning. Is that okay? So Acts chapter 2, verse 1 to 4. And on the day of Pentecost, all the believers, say all the believers, were meeting together in one place, and suddenly there was a sound from heaven like a roaring and a mighty windstorm, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And then verse 4 says, and everyone, say everyone, present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. So everyone was together in one place, and God poured His Spirit on everyone. See, God wants to do things corporately. He's, you know, you see that? There, there's, there, God wants to pour His Spirit. Let's look at Acts chapter 2, verse 42. Let's look at verse 42. I love this verse here. All the believers, say all the believers, devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and sharing in their meals, including the Lord's Supper and to prayer. And a deep sense of awe came over them all, say over them all. And the apostles performed many miracles, signs, and wonders, and all the believers met, how? Together. In one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property. They sold their possessions and shared the money they had. And they worshipped, how? Together, right? At the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper and shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. So here's a church that was doing everything together right? They were sharing their meals together. They were worshiping together. They were praying together, and they were a healthy community. And so God said, I'm going to add people to the churches that have good community, right? Because God wants to restore relationship. And so I believe that what God wants to do in this next season is God, as people begin to give their heart to Christ, as people begin to get saved at this Billy William Graham crusade and all this stuff, God wants to bring them in say, I'm going to put them in that church because they love one another. They do things together. They pray together. It's not just about the hotshot preacher. It's not just about the worship team. It's not just about the small groups. It's about everybody corporately getting together and loving one another, sharing everything they have in need, sharing their gifts one with another. They're building one another up. I'm going to add people to that because that's what I want to duplicate in them. Amen? God adds to healthy community. And that's the most important thing. And I, my prayer is that God will do the same in every church in this region. That we would all come to that place and say, you know what? It's not about us. It's about all of us corporately together as a family. And God will add to that. Amen? God will build to that. And so what we feel has been a real blessing. We've been doing our connect groups. Um, and this is just one way to connect at a smaller level. And we encourage everyone to be involved um, with that. But it's very important that we meet one with another. And so what I'd like to do is I wanted to invite up just a few people here to our panel this morning. And so I, I've asked Ben and Kaylee if you guys could come. Gloria, I sent out some questions for you guys. If you haven't had a chance to read them, Bill and Carla and Paul Urquhart. Is Paul here? Come on up, brother. I'm putting you on the spot. Let's go. That's all right. They're simple questions. Simple questions. Who are we missing here? All right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just ask someone randomly here, Paulette, because I know she's confident to come up here. And I'm going to throw out a mic. 
So, so we've been running our connect groups now. I think we're going on our fifth year now, right? And uh, and I think I think it's been it's been really good. But I want I want to hear from you guys what you feel uh, connect group has meant to you. And so my first question would be, what does connect group mean to you? Like what what is the uh, what has it meant to you? And if any of you want to go ahead, you can go ahead and answer that. Connect group for me um, means a lot actually uh, because. Now that I'm working out of town, I'm not able to connect in with my local group. And uh, I can honestly tell you, it it's a void in my life, and I miss it. Because during Connect Group, uh, they were there for me, especially last year when I was going through some really serious challenges. And even though I wasn't there in person, they were standing in the gap for me. They were praying for me. They were speaking words of encouragement. I would get text messages. There was even times when they would FaceTime me knowing that um, they just wanted to speak into my life uh, because I was going through so many challenges. And it was such a sense of family and friendship. And we got to know each other really, really well. And um, I would ask Owen lots of questions about what did you talk about and what did you share? And then we would share with each other. And then sometimes he would even take some back some of the conversations that we had. So for anyone that's not in Connect Group, you really are missing how God can speak to you through other people and, and how they can in just empower you to go through difficult times and know that they're there and that you can lean into them and they just love on you. So I highly encourage you to attend connect groups awesome for me it gives me uh well it helps me give direction to my family and friends when they hear that i go to this group and their group is like a family some of them bug you some of them you want to trip but you love every one of them <laughs> and it's a great place to bring your prayers if you don't want to bring them to the church because you feel intimidated which i did once but no more and they pray. And when they pray, you can go back and tell the people that you're praying for. And you can see the look in their eye when they hear that this person loves me enough to have his group pray for me. And that starts what God wants for everybody. It starts with a physical audio, audio of what is being portrayed at these meetings. Not meetings, connect group. And you, when you see this look, you say, you say to yourself, wow, this guy does move in mysterious ways through us. And that's pretty much what it means to me. That's awesome. And you get some pretty good grub, too. That's awesome. <laughs> uh, did you want to answer this or you want to go to the next? Um, I just was going to say something yeah. just to add to what Paulette was saying, sure. that it's not just um, knowing that the others are praying for you, but you get a chance to actually have the Lord pour through you to other people because in congregation here sometimes you say well there's certain ones on the prayer team there's certain ones doing this and that but in the connect group you actually have a chance to pour into your brothers and sisters that's awesome that's good did you guys want to answer that too or you want to no. wait for the next question okay so th <clears throat> the next question i just wanted to ask because one of the things uh, uh our connect groups there's two two ways of, of doing a, a small group bible study so there's there's uh there's informational Bible studies where it's a study of the word, and, and it's mostly intellectual, uh, and, and that, there's a place for that. What we do with connect groups, though, it's, it's not so much about um, studying the word of God as much as processing the word of God together. So in other words, we take a topic, 
whatever topic it is, and we talk about, okay, how, okay, this is what the Word says. How can we apply this to our lives? What does this look like practically in 2019? How can we implement this, and how can we pray this into our lives? And so there's this whole idea of processing. How has that, has that helped any of you or anyone in your group uh, grow in your spiritual walk with God? Yeah, it's totally grown uh, my faith. And just um, what's cool about it is how other people how God reveals things to other people. What's really strengthened my faith is see how people process certain things and helps me see how they look at it because everybody thinks differently and you know processes things a little bit differently and the way God reveals the little nuggets. It's just cool with the community we have, our little connect group, that it's just how one thing can mean so many different things to different people depending where they're at with their relationship. Um, and it's just, it's been really strengthening to see how God just, how how he cares for us each and so like precisely everyone like working our lives like it's just it blows my mind away to see how God's working in all our lives and it's just how the connection comes together and it's just for me it's just been phenomenal that way and it's just it's really grown my faith and strengthened it being seeing how everybody's growing that's awesome anybody else that question how has it helped you grow spiritually yeah, confidence and boldness, yeah. So what would you say to those who haven't yet attended a group? Any, any, any of you have a get out and join it? Yeah. Yeah? Good? Here it's great. Okay, I'll take the mic. Here it's great because you're with your group, but when you're in a more intimate setting, you're, you're, you're able to express what you're going through in life and know that you're not being judged no matter what you're going through. We're not going to stand up and laugh at you or criticize you. We're going to take our experience and our knowledge and help guide you through the word, what you're going through, and a shoulder to lean on, shoulder to cry on, and sometimes a kick in the butt. Yeah. So your turn. I think the thing that, yes, you can say button church. Um, I think the thing that um, I like about Connect Group is that it allows people that might not necessarily come into a church setting and feel comfortable to be able to ask a question, and yet it's something that's plaguing on their heart and they want to know more about it or they want to go deeper into the word or to even get an understanding of what the word is saying, and yet there's not that comfortableness or that confidence to come and ask. So in that setting, because it is so relational and it is so intimate, that there is that freedom and, and that feeling of, I know that I can ask these questions and I will get the answers. And if the group leader or the group's not sure, then they know that they will seek out the pastor or others to get the information. But there's just that level of freedom to be able to ask the really tough questions that you, where you don't have understanding and you know that you'll get it. Amen. That's good. Thank you so much, Paula. Does anybody else have any questions from the audience you want to ask just about Connect Group? Okay. Sure, go ahead. Yeah, go yeah. ahead. So for me, well, we sit over here, uh, but people in our connect group sit over there, and we would never would really in inter intermix with them. And it's also the age gap, too. I mean, like, we're, I'm not going to say anything, but different age group than other people. Um, so we're able to connect with people that generally I wouldn't connect with, like Joan. Like, I, I don't think, I know, like, just going to connect group, having you come to connect group, it's just been phenomenal. Like, and it's just like, I, w I don't think we would talk generally other than just, hey, how's it going? But just the connect group has just really bridged the gap between people in the church that I wouldn't normally just go and talk to. And for me, this has been awesome. So, Amen. 
Melanie, could you bring up the website? You, I'll get your questions. So just bring up the website. I want to show them the page to sign up. Go, go ahead, uh, Joan. Yeah, we're going to do that. We'll show you how to get all that. Thank you so much. That's awesome. So, um, so yeah, so it's really, it's really a place for growth. And what I've seen is uh, those who have faithfully attended have really <laughs> seemed to grow with uh, the vision and the values of where we're going as a church. And there's something. And it, so even if you don't go to connect group, it's important to rea- realize this principle of meeting together with believers, meeting together with a few people and, and, and pouring and sharing your story and edifying and encouraging one another. It's so important. It's not enough just to go to church. We need to gather together one with another and encourage one another. Pastor Jacques. Paul? Yeah. Yes, you did. Didn't you connect? I got connected. You got connected. Yeah, you did. You got you connected. Awesome. I'm serious. I was at the end of the couch on the floor. Good. From across the room. Paul. Yes. You know Jesus. About you. Awesome. Awesome. That night, and it was at Lavos. Awesome. That's great. So uh, if you go to our website and you go to Connect Groups, if we can scroll down there, there's you can actually <laughs> click on. Can we scroll down a bit here? So here's all the Connect Groups. So it tells you where the group is, okay, whether or not it's, it, you know, this one's pet-free. You see this is a pet-free one. Some of them have kids' ministry. Some of them don't. All the times and schedule are there. But you can click on that. If you click on it, it will bring you to a link, and you can send an email saying, I'm interested in trying out your group. And I believe most of our groups are full to capacity, right? Is your group full? You got room? How many you got coming to your group? Ours? Yeah. Um, eight to 12, generally. Okay. Yeah. They're, they're all sitting around that. that. And, and, and once you go over 12, you're not a small group anymore. So we actually need more Connect Group leaders. So if you're interested in hosting a Connect Group, uh, then come talk to me after the service and wanted to just encourage that. Amen. Did you have one more thing? Yes, okay, I actually wanted to talk about that because um, if anybody feels intimidated, like, oh, I couldn't do a connect group, it's it's actually <laughs> very non-intimidating. Um, I had always wanted to have something like that happen. My house, Pastor Travis, uh, started out as a leader in my home and then passed it over to me, and I was like, uh, but it's actually, it's it's a great, great blessing to your home to have to open it up like this and to have people come in and it's not like you're expected to know everything and whatever but uh, pastor gives wonderful guidance as to what we're actually talking about in the in the meetings and everybody in the group um, takes part and adds to it as well so if anybody's thinking about it or if pastor approaches somebody don't be afraid of it it's it's actually wonderful awesome so there's two ways to sign up you can go online or we have a box out in the entranceway that Melanie is prepared. You just put your name and number, put it in the box so it's nobody else sees your number, and we will contact you and help you find the right group to go to. Amen? So why don't we stand? Thank you guys so much for your help. Let's give them a hand for coming up here. Thank you. Hallelujah. Father, we come before you right now. We thank you, God, that um, you would speak to our hearts. If there's any areas in our lives where horizontally our relationships are need some work, God, that you would speak to our heart, God. Help us to, to make things right with, with our spouses, with our children, with our family members, with our friends, 
so that we can have a connection vertically with your spirit, God. We can hear your voice and we can walk in intimacy with you, God. So speak to our hearts today. Father, we thank you for everything you're doing in our lives, God. We thank you for your spirit. If you're in this place with every head bowed, every eye closed, if you're in this place and you don't know Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, you've never entered into relationship with him, just slip up your hands. I'm going to say a quick prayer with you right now. Ask Jesus to come be Lord of your life. If that's you in this place, I don't see any hands coming up, so I'm assuming we're all you know, we're all saved here. But God, I thank you for your spirit. I thank you that you're going to take this word and you're going to just challenge us today to just check our relationships so that our vertical relationship is strong. We thank you for it. And all God's people said, amen, amen. Thank you for listening. We hope that you enjoyed our message. If you are in the Quinty West area, we would love to have you visit us on Sunday morning at 24 Dundas Street West, Trenton, Ontario. Check out our service times on our website at atthecrossroads.ca.